Welcome to the Clued in Mystery Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke, and we both love mystery. So Brooke, we're going to continue our conversation about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Sherlock Holmes. And kind of like with Chrissy, we could just talk for days and days about Mm -hmm. Sherlock. There's so much. One of the things that I was hoping we could talk about is the adaptations and that his stories continue to be adapted, not only true to the time that they were written and that that they were originally set, but there's modern day adaptations that give Mm -hmm. him a cell phone or that give him modern day scientific method to, to use in his investigations. And I think that just speaks to the enduring love that people have for this character. I agree. It goes to show how we don't want to let him go. We want their to be this character who can always come in and solve the crime and save the day, so to speak, and make sure justice happens. And it's really fun to bring him into our current times and see the way he would interact in in this day and age. And it's been really fun seeing that in film and TV and even books, as we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. If you think about when Doyle originally stopped writing Sherlock stories, and you, know, you mentioned in the first episode about Doyle, about how his mother wrote him a letter and asked him not to stop, mm-hmm. that people were so passionate then. And, and that passion, I think, has just continued to build. And as you say, we don't want to lose that character in our lives, right? And so that's, I, I think, maybe one of the reasons why we continue to see these adaptations. And there have been, in the last little while, last two decades, I guess, you know, I can think of a, a couple of TV adaptations. So obviously the BBC one with Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock. And then there was mm-hmm. in the US, I don't remember what it was called, but with Johnny Lee Miller as Sherlock and was it Lucy Liu who was the Watson character? Yeah. Um, I don't remember what that one was called. Yeah. I only saw a couple episodes of that and I don't recall the name either, but it was really fun to see a female Watson Mm -hmm. and it worked well together. I think it made it really fun. And then think about the program House, which was very much inspired by Sherlock Holmes, right? The name of the character, the the fact that he was uh, quite a gruff character. He was, you know, he had addiction issues. He was very musical, uh, just as Sherlock is. And I guess his Watson character was Wilson, right? True. You're going to laugh. I never put that together. Did you know that I never realized that? And I was a really big House fan, but it was in our research for this that like, uh, you know, I was listening to a podcast or something and it mentioned that and I'm like, oh my goodness. And all the pieces fell in. I mean, even his address, he had the same house number. He, yes, that like, he's really hard to connect with. Everything about it is so inspired by Sherlock Holmes. And I felt very foolish that I had never seen that because I really, I loved that series. Well, it only occurred to me when I started thinking about Doyle, I was like, okay, what are some other interpretations? I was like, house. Holmes, oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. It was so good. They did a really good job. They did a great job. And I think there are a lot of books that we can point to that draw on the Sherlock type character, whether they are stories that are told from the point of view of adjacent characters, mm-hmm. right? I think of Enola Holmes. 
which is his sister, right? Sherlock makes an appearance, but it's not so much about him as it is about about her, right? But it's set in that world. And I know we're going to speak to someone who does write in that space. And I think that will be really interesting to to get some perspective on that as well. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I For that upcoming interview, and um, just to go back to the Enola Holmes, I am a, a big Nancy Springer fan, and I think she's done a great job. And I will actually have to give props to Netflix because I really believe they did one of the best. Um, I was the one saying that, you know, the book's always better, but they did a really great job of taking her stories and taking them to the to the film adaptation. They stayed fairly true to the story and just really made it come alive. And yeah, Nancy can be really proud, I think, of those uh, the work that Netflix is doing with her stories. Again, thinking about how we don't want this character to to ever be gone. You know, I know that Anthony Horowitz has written some additional Sherlock stories, right? Using those characters that Doyle created. And, you know, he was, I believe he was commissioned by the Doyle estate to continue writing about Sherlock. Yeah, what an honor. I mean, that's a, such big shoes to fill. But I have a, a fun quote from Anthony Horowitz about how I, he apparently fell in love with the Sherlock character when he was 16. And he's talking in this article about what made him fall in love. And he said, it's the fog, the cobblestones, the fire flickering, the river Thames, the sound of the Stradivarius, the strange villains. It's the last gasp of English history before technology takes over. And it's just so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. He kind of captures it really well there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that is something we like about the stories is the entire mood and setting. But it made me think because we're talking about how we're, there are these adaptations that bring him into our time. And Horowitz is saying it's before technology takes over. So I think it's interesting that we're, but what we're finding is people will still love it, even if he has a cell phone and a computer. And, you know, there's something even deeper than that. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point. There's just something about that character, no matter what setting he's in. You know, I'm I'm sure that there are Sherlock Holmes esque stories that are set in outer space or other mm-hmm. environments. If they capture the essence of the character, it kind of doesn't matter whether he's in the 21st For century sure. or or 19th century or or in London or in in um, Tokyo or or in New York, right? For sure. And that relationship, you know, there's a lot to be said about the Holmes-Watson relationship. It takes both of them. You know, we always talk about Sherlock, but I really don't think he'd be who he is if he didn't have his Watson. I agree. One of the things that I looked up with respect to Doyle was was how he wrote. And there's actually on one of the websites that I looked at that has, you know, extensive resources and information about Doyle, there's um, a, a copy of an essay that he wrote that is called How I Write My Books. So that was originally published in the Strand magazine in 1924. And I will put a link to the text of that um that article in the in the show notes. He interestingly wasn't really big on the details. So one of the things, one of the quotes from this from this article is he says, as long as you produce your dramatic effect, accuracy of detail matters little. That is fascinating. 
another one of the resources that I looked at points out the inconsistencies that are in his stories, right? So, you know, there's the the text of the story talks about the characters that are present, the settings, and then, you know, there's a couple of bullet points that, that talk about inconsistencies. He clearly wasn't focused on that. He really placed that emphasis on on telling a good story. But he was a stickler for detail when he was writing historical fiction. And so he talks about how important if you're talking about, rather, if you're writing about something that happened in the past, in this in this essay, Doyle talks about how important it is that that you get those details right. I think that's really interesting that he kind of drew a line for himself in terms of where he focused his his attention. And this essay talks about how kind of how he would do his research, his historical research, and that he would kind of make all of these notes associated with each of the characters so that he could kind of know who who knew what. And then the other thing that he talks about in uh, in this essay is about that he when he was really engaged in, in what he was doing, he could write for hours. Mm. Uh, and he talks about, you know, that he had, I think, I think it was a 10,000 word day. You know, he said, I've, you know, I've had a couple of 10,000 word days, which is just mind blowing to me. And that, you know, he's written, he'd written some of his shorter nonfiction pieces that were, you know, 30 or 40,000 words. He'd, you know, written those in, in within a week. He said, but I was really fired up about what I was, <laughs> what I was writing about. Um, but he makes a point to say that he would, you know, take a break during the middle of the day and, and go for a walk. And you and I have talked about that in the past that, you know, how important it is to kind of step away from the desk and, and just let let your thoughts be for a little bit. And, and clearly he embraced that as well. Oh, that's so interesting. I can't wait to go read that essay. I love learning about all different kind of authors, whether they're these greats that we're talking about, or, you know, just a starting author like myself. I love learning how other people work. So I'll definitely be going out and reading that. Well, and I read something else kind of talking about this essay. It suggested that perhaps one of the reasons he became so popular was because of those inconsistencies mm. uh, that he didn't really care about in, in his stories. And so people would read, would close read his stories to look for those inconsistencies and talk about them, which, you know, maybe was the the beginning of the various societies that, uh, that exist celebrating him and celebrating Sherlock. That's a great idea. I bet you're right. And um, doesn't that give you just a little bit of like relaxation to think like if we have those things in our writing, because I know that I struggle sometimes with making sure that the jacket is the same color in one scene to the next. Well, you know what? Doyle got it wrong sometimes. So maybe it's not as big of a deal. And maybe those are fun little Easter eggs for readers to go through and try to find. That's really fun. Yeah, it does kind of make me feel a little bit better that, you know, (laughs) he wasn't so focused on that. And clearly, you know, the editors at The Strand weren't focused on it either, right? If they were publishing his work without, um, without correcting any of that, or, you know, maybe, maybe they had some heated conversations where he was like, yeah, I'm not correcting that. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I think he probably could command that, um, that kind of respect, I guess, where they didn't touch it if, um, if they found those errors, but yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've, I mean, we've really just scratched the surface about, about Doyle, but, uh, I hope, um, we've, you know, 
interested some people in in maybe going back and and picking up some of um his uh his sherlock stories and uh maybe some of his others i you know i think i'm i'm might take a look at some of his other work because he you know did produce a lot uh and i i feel certainly that i there's always something that i can learn from from reading someone else's stuff absolutely and we're really excited next time we have a, an interview coming up for you uh, speaking of adaptations, you're going to want to tune in to episode three and uh, and hear from a special guest. Yes, and I'm really looking forward to that. So until next time, thank you very much for listening to the Clued in Mystery podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'd love to hear what you think. You can reach us at hello at cluedinmystery.com or send us a note on Instagram at cluedinmystery. Thank you for joining us. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers at silvermansound.com. Visit us online at cluedinmystery.com or social media at cluedinmystery. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or telling your friends.